It's early. It's really early. Let's just jump in. Really early for you. None of this bullshit. Let's just jump in. Okay, let's do it. Sure. You first. No, you first. I always do it. I don't like doing it. Welcome to More Opinions. I'm I'm Sid the Cannibal. This is October Moore. Hi, how's it going? Hi, hello. Um, so, it's... It's a podcast and we're doing it. I gotta wake up. It's early. It's a podcast and we're doing it. And last time, <laughs> this is one of those ones where if this is your first episode, God help you. Don't but, let it be your first. Go back. Listen to the listen to the two hour long furry vengeance one. It's so funny. Listen to the furry vengeance one. Listen to the Skittles the musical one. That one's much better. Yeah. Um. But this one, if you did listen to the last one, the last time we basically just vibed for an hour and talked about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, that's true. A movie we had not seen yet. <laughs> right. Well, because we were going to sit down and watch Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, a Johnny yeah. Depp vehicle from 2005. Yeah. By the way, there's someone mowing a lawn like right outside my window. Like they're just mowing the window. I don't know how they have a permit to do that, but it's really <laughs> annoying. Um, we talked about this last time about how sometimes you need to just get that to get that one big weed just get that one big weed you're just going over it with a yep. harsh a harsh blade <laughs> um it's i can hear the fucking mower it is a it is dull blades that they are i was dealing gonna with. say can you hear each individual blade could you describe to me <laughs> ripping each one out of the ground it's ridiculous uh yeah we watched uh johnny depp's bad film charlie and the chocolate factory together we together over queued it up on net on on netflix and we said one two three go and we watched it together and it was bad oof it's bad it's really really bad i remember i have it on good authority that people who were very young at the time that this was out in theaters 2005 Mm -hmm. were in fact as I suspected, thoroughly traumatized by it. I can't yeah. imagine anybody who would be that young when they saw it that wouldn't be traumatized because it's shot like a horror film. Yes. Uh, and the, there are some particular shots. I think we mentioned it, but the shot where the kids are exiting is just just terrifying. Did um, you notice when that happened during that very, very famous scene that they didn't get real close to any of the kids? Like when they... because. No. We talked already in the older episode that in the Gene Wilder version, you never see the kids post being destroyed. But in <laughs> like the a Charlie, horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in the Charlie and Chocolate Factory version in 2005, you do get a oh, small. See oh, you see it. Oh, you yeah, see it. You see they it. don't ever get real close to the kids because I think even then they had the wisdom to know. Well, don't get right up in there and don't show they, them that because our CGI is not good yet. They do a like. You know, the, the two-thirds face cutaway shot with the garbage girl and the blue girl. I know we see them, their yes. full, like, profile, but the other two... Well, I, I don't know if we see Chocolate Boy, but he's eating himself, which is auto-cannibalism, which is fun. Yep. Um, that's his That's his curse, is that he wants to eat himself forever. Uh, kind of a kind of a Chocolate Boy situation. You know that book <laughs> where the kid gets the chocolate freckle and he can turn everything into chocolate like a Midas? Do you know what I'm talking about? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> and But what I found interesting, the one that they really kept away from was... Uh, God, the mowing is just loud, huh? Shut the fuck up. I'm trying to record a podcast. He anyway. wants to hear you talk about his favorite movie. Charlie and Chocolate Factory. He's yeah. very disappointed that we don't <laughs> like it. Uh, I'm so sorry about that. Fuck. I can't hear it if it's any consolation well, to you. That's good. I hope it's not on the mic. Anyway, um, they don't ever get super close to Mike TV because he's a horror now. He's like <laughs> the ant spider from James and the Giant Peach. He's just a big, lanky fucking monstrosity it's terrifying it's a flat extremely Stanley. scary yeah, yeah it's very scary and frightening it's very scary i want to um yeah i think it's interesting you mentioned being traumatized by it i definitely was because i was pretty young when it came out and i know that i watched it around the time it came out um and i already had a love and appreciation for willy wonka and the chocolate factory which puts charlie in the chocolate factory 
the Johnny Depp film in an interesting place in my mind where like I'm nostalgic for it, but I hated it at the time and I hate it now, which is weird. It's weird for me to have like nostalgia for a movie I don't like at all and didn't at the time even, but for whatever reason, like a lot of the visuals stuck with me. Actually, when you watch a movie you're nostalgic for, it's like getting to remember it all over again. It's, it's beautiful. I feel like watching Charlie and the Chocolate Factory again when you watch it as a kid and have nostalgia for it, it's like a dark and twisted nostalgia. It's almost akin to a trauma flashback. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where it uh, just it, it envelops you, terrifies you, and then it's over and you forget the whole experience. Yeah. I think one of the things that stood out the most to me that we even talked about while we were watching it that I didn't remember from like – because the, oh, the last time, guys, the last time I had seen this film, we were sitting in the theater in July of 2005. I was sitting next to my then boyfriend, in mid, a middle school age child, and I had in my possession a whole pound of chocolate that I had won from a fundraiser that I had saved for this occasion. <laughs> I, did, I had decided that I was going to put it aside. That's and so we were going to go see Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and I was going to bring my big honking chocolate bar with me. <laughs> and I was going to just nosh on this chocolate bar while we watched the movie. <laughs> having, having, I mean, and that, that'll speak to the wisdom, to my own wisdom at, as a 12-year-old, because I should have known that I was not going to have any kind of appetite, anything close to an appetite watching this film. Because it's mm. absolutely, like, over-the-top. It's like trying to eat during the fucking... Uh, during that scene from uh uh oh my god what's that monty python movie help me uh, out uh life of brian no the other one the meaning uh, of life okay you know that scene the meaning of life where the guys in the restaurant yeah and uh it, yeah in, that one yeah exactly exactly yeah. exactly yeah i should have known as a child that this was not something that i was going to because i don't think i even really touched it i think i was so captivated by the the darkness and the scary and the spooky yeah. and the and the you know that's the other thing you don't really see a whole lot of candy or chocolate now that's in this not film. true now that's, that's not true. no 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 let me finish my oh, sentence sorry, my sorry, dude sorry, sorry 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 you don't see a whole lot of candy or chocolate in this film framed in such a way that it looks like ooh I could have me some of that it's always like look at how scary this candy is <laughs> yeah just check out all of this this very scary man has a lot of very scary, scary candy. candy yeah this candy opens a bird in your mouth do you like it do you like yeah. having a live bird in your mouth probably not oh what do the jawbreakers or the gobstoppers look like oh they're just big red cricket balls cool yeah, great th nothing looks good or tasty at all it no, all is very very, very nasty I, that's one thing that you can say about the Willy Wonka one from 71 regardless of your thought on it the candy looks pretty good <laughs> yeah candy, that's right except for the chocolate river the candy looks pretty good um so uh, the one thing i didn't remember because the last time again the last time i saw this movie was 2005 when we watched it again the first film has like peter olstrom is taking us on a fun chocolate adventure with him because he's won a golden ticket and he said to the audience come along with me we're gonna go to gene wilder's house and maybe he's a serial killer maybe he's not we're gonna find out together as a as a family <clears throat> this film is like freddie highmore as we affectionately call him little bates little bates little bates little bates <laughs> Lil Bates I is like about Lil Bates. <laughs> love Lil Bates. Lil Bates did a great job, first of all. Yeah, Lil uh, Bates did a fine job because he's great. He's great. Yeah. And if you haven't seen Bates Motel, you should. Yeah, it's pretty um, good. I've only seen the first season or so, but it's, Lil it's Bates is good. a little boy, and he's got a bad grandpa, and he is he like does. Let's go he on a does have a bad grandpa. That's true. <laughs> the grandpa like was so much worse than I expected. Go on. <laughs> well, yeah. It's quick side. It's quick sidetrack the grandfather was a he's bad terrible. actor he's like a really bad actor and i looked him he up he hasn't bad. been in a whole lot so i don't know how he got the job of grandpa joe but he did a poor job he did a poor job so little bates is like okay i found a golden ticket come on audience come with me on my fun chocolate adventure and we're gonna go to johnny depp's house and he's probably a serial killer and he's maybe a child molester but we're gonna go to his house and see and then we go to his house there's a very scary scene with like a it's a small world parody that you know is typical Burton edgy you know stupid yeah. mid two thousands you know edge bullshit 
And then we go into the factory and we we basically forget that little Bates exists. Like we barely yeah. see him on screen. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. It's interesting. The the you know, I could talk all day about how much I love the 1971 film and how yeah, I think yeah. it's like an amazing movie. Everyone kind of already knows that about me and about the world. Everyone, I think most people appreciate that film. I, on some level i love it very dearly and it doesn't really I appreciate that film and it scarred me for life yeah it's it's literally bisected the first half is you're with charlie and charlie when you watch other kids get tickets you're watching it through charlie's eyes mm-hmm. and his reaction to it all right and you like say what you want about cheer up charlie the worst song in the film but it does kind of like help establish you know what I mean? His his yeah. dire situation of like his mom is hopeless for his her kid's happiness. Like it's really sad. And then the second half is all fun factory wacky stuff. But because we've had that like grounding time, because we take time in the middle to like have Charlie and Grandpa Joe interacting with the other kids and reacting to them and all that, it feels natural and cohesive when Lil Bates says candy doesn't have to have a point. That's why it's candy. It doesn't feel earned because he hasn't said anything for the past 90 minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's basically the only thing he says in the factory in the at factory. all. Yeah. Every now and then we would cut back to Lil Bates and his grandpa and I'd be like, oh, right. Oh, right. I forgot they were there. And I kind of had that problem with all the kids. Like, I feel like all the kids and their parents have a good presence in the first movie where in the second movie they they don't at all. No. You made a really good point. I don't remember if it was while we were watching it or if it was during our other podcast and listeners will know the difference, but I'm going to bring it up again because I think it's a great point. I can't wait for this to reach the public domain, you said. Mm. And I, I think very much like Alice in Wonderland, very much like Wizard of Oz, it, it never will because of Disney. But if it ever reached the public domain, the things that you could do with this idea you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. the, you could really explore all of the families and you could rather than this one is about fat shaming. This one is about, you know, uh, shaming parents to spoil their kids too much. You know, it's basically <laughs> like a whistle stop tour of all of the parents that Roald Dahl hates. <laughs> yeah. But, but he's from the 50s and 40s and he, you know, like that's the way he was raised. And that's the way he sees the world. I think that you could translate that for a modern audience and really like let's pick apart what makes parents like that. Let's pick apart part what makes these children because it never once gets really mentioned i don't remember maybe you can correct me i don't think it ever gets mentioned in the 2005 version that it's really not the kids fault that they are the way they are it's the parents fault and that gets very much underlined in the 71 version yeah the <clears throat> 71 one one of the oompa loompa songs is very specifically about that and willy yeah. Wonka seems to have as much disdain for the parents as he does for the children right um and he i mean he just hates everybody in the 2005 one <laughs> whatever it was yeah. Uh, he just hates everyone but it's interesting because i like that point because in the more recent one i wish that they had not different names so that there wasn't like you can call them willy wong and talk back to charlie and talk about it if it gets confusing i wish they had a better like differential but anyway yeah yeah in in the more recent one they make a point to make all of the kids like really super shitty like yeah. they're really little they're little bunch of little shitheads whereas in the original <laughs> they're just kids kids with yeah. bad influences and bad and that's because like for the most part they're like real kids like the the augustus gloop actor is like a real kid who didn't speak english right yeah <laughs> he was just there being a, a kid the problem with him is very clearly shown that like his mother spoils him you know save some room for later Augustus. you know what i mean uh uh-huh, yeah it's, it's it's yeah they 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 make an effort i think it's a really good point i like that i think in the 71 uh movie too that they they did a good job making the kids uh at least cute in some way mm-hmm. yeah in the 2005 version all of them are a little too old to be cute and, and like you said, they go right. And like you said, they go out of their way to have little character moments that don't develop anything beyond the fact that, okay, now I feel chocolate? less bad. And then you said they brought some. That's the only thing <laughs> right. he says. And he's just a little dick for no reason. <laughs> Why is he a dick? He just likes chocolate a lot. You know what's so funny? I now am very good friends with somebody. Uh, I'm very close to somebody now who was also in a Willy Wonka musical growing up. <laughs> Ah, I was really? also Augustus Gloop, yeah. Oh so my God, I'm, I'm you surrounded get us by together. them. <laughs> I know. You guys need to have a reunion. No, we need to do. Uh, we need to do encore. What's that Kristen Bell show on Disney Plus? Where she, <laughs> yeah, 
Brings Back High School Musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you watched that? <laughs> no, mom and dad did. I think. Um, did they like it? Because that sounds th- like a really interesting concept to me. I think they did like it. I was I, in and out. I think when they were watching, I don't remember too well, but I, I'm pretty sure it's a little cheesy. It's a little bit like it, sure TLC. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Uh. And we've already talked about this too. Back to. Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, but I do want to say one more time, it is extremely ironic that the first one is called Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. We focus on Peter Ulstrom, Charlie character, <clears throat> and then the remake is called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and the entire movie basically grinds to a halt in the middle of them being in- invited into the factory to give us Willy Wonka's backstory yeah. and how dark and brooding he is, and every character had to be fucking brooding in the mid-aughts. I don't know what that yeah. was all about. Once, Once grandpa joe says that's willy wonka we don't hear from charlie again which is interesting because it means in the willy wonka and the chocolate factory willy wonka is this like enigmatic figure he's the center of it all which is why he's the title in the second one charlie's an enigmatic figure you don't really know anything about charlie through the whole movie right yeah there no that's a joke i do think it's interesting that you say that because charlie and chocolate factory is about willy wonka we deal with this dumbass dentist backstory that's stupid it's really fucking stupid but it's more stupid because i feel like again we're talking about public domain if you're gonna do public domain that's a great chance to like let's dive into the willy wonka backstory let's see how why this man ticks the way he does maybe he's a villain you know maybe he's got a horrible past you could you could find layers there if you wanted to I don't think making him like tragic and edgy and like weird is the way to go about that at all. In fact, I know it's not because it didn't work. I feel like you should go in a more mysterious and enigmatic way. Leave leave some pathways. We don't need to see him literally appropriating the Oompa Loompas. We don't need to see that. That's the kind of thing that can just be a story and maybe it's bullshit, you know? Yeah. I feel like the same with his backstory. Like if the movie's going to be about his backstory, we shouldn't see that backstory. We shouldn't know exactly why he's the way he is. We should more get into him like introspectively now and how a tragic past might've turned him into the man he is now, but all that's just fan fiction and whatever, because it's not in the public domain. I'll never be able to write a Willy Wonka movie. All right. So at the risk of talking about this movie for way, for way, another way, way, way hour again, yeah. I, I have uh, a new segment. I want to introduce this stupid podcast that's called, I'm going to read the parents guide from IMDb. This is great. This is great because anyone who's ever done this, I do this sometimes with, uh, well, I used to, I don't do it so much anymore. Uh, but when I was younger, uh, I always had kind of a sensitivity in movies, especially in films, especially concerning the subjects of decapitation. Mm. So I always wanted to know if there was a spooky movie I was going to watch where someone was going to get their head chopped off because I wanted to know ahead of time. I could handle it if I knew it was coming. This was before trigger warnings were a thing, guys. Uh, I could handle it if I knew it was coming. Still kind of not, unfortunately. Still kind of not a thing, but uh, this was before. So this was sort of my way of like trigger warning myself. I would open up the parent's guide on IMDb. Every movie has this. And it's where a bunch of very, very um, noble parents all flock to kind of come together in a consensus about a variety of things concerning a movie and the 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 uh i guess to decide if your child can handle it and it's often very very uh comprehensive and very um hilariously long so here are the different categories we've got sex and nudity Mm, violence and gore profanity alcohol drugs and smoking and then finally, my favorite, frightening and intense scenes. <laughs> okay. What I like about frightening and intense scenes is that it's so, so subjective. Yeah, kind of a catch-all, that one. <laughs> kind of a catch-all, yeah. You could say that about any scene with homosexual people. <laughs> so you, right, yeah. So you would say, uh, going into this, I would say to myself, all right, I can kind of already get an idea for where parents are going to be raising flags about stuff. Yeah. I think probably frightening and intense scenes has the longest and most comprehensive list. Yeah, for sure. I, I could see them, uh, flagging something, f- things for violence, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, what I didn't expect was that, well, I guess I did expect this. This, this is why I came to it is that they, parents will always find shit to put in all of these categories, regardless of what the movie is. So sex and nudity. <laughs> uh, do you remember all of the sex and the nudity in the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie we watched last week? I mean, yeah, I, I, I was trying not to think about that one yeah. scene. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We've got three things under sex and nudity. Cleavage throughout movie shows person in shower on television scene. 
That's true. It does. Isn't it an Oompa Loompa, though? It's a, yeah, it's, I think it's a reference to Psycho. Yeah. That great film that every kid has seen. You know, that nudity <laughs> in the Psycho parody in the Charlie the Chocolate Factory movie. It's what we used to do in our kids' oh movies. We would God. leave stuff in for the parents, you know, as a wink, yeah. wink, nod, nod. You had to come to this movie to bring your kids. Yeah, we still kind of do that. A chocolate we? statue of a bare-breasted female is shown close up for a few seconds a couple of times. <laughs> do you remember that? That I don't remember. No, I don't either. I feel like some of these things happen for like a quarter of a second. Two frames, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, a New York model serves as a chocolate clothed merchandise display and is seen in lingerie for a couple of seconds once divested of her chocolate dress. That is true. I do remember that. Is that is true. It does that turn that, that horribly racist globe trotting sequence of Wonka Mania. <laughs> Yeah, do you Which, remember how racist this movie was? It's so racist. So much more than I thought it would be. <laughs> There's like so much more in there than I thought there would be. Like they really lean into a lot of the racist backstory shit from the Yeah, book. and Did it's racism know? forward too because it all comes in the first 20 minutes and you and yeah, I were audibly shrieking. Grit your teeth through that Oompa Loompa <laughs> sequence. It's rough, guys. <laughs> it's rough. The, okay, the globetrotting sequence is interesting because that's a movie thing. The 71 yeah. movie did a Wonka Mania thing, and I think it's a parody of Dalek Mania because I'm broken. But I really right. do think, like, it plays out similarly where, like, a flash in the pan for, like, one year, everyone's obsessed with this one thing. And it's, you know, there's British DNA there. So, yeah. I, but obviously, Charlie and Chocolate Factory was written before Daleks were even a, you know, wink in God's eye. Um, God being Terry Nation. I'm sorry, I'm rambling a lot, but... I feel like it was doing a Wonka Mania, Dalek Mania, like it's a parody of that. But either way, it's definitely a 1971 movie thing. So for them to do it again is unnecessary because you don't really need it. But also, um, they use it as a chance to show a bunch of different cultures in a very yeah. stereotypical light. And it's very uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, through um, a Western lens and a particularly oh, racist Western lens. Palace sequence? Oh, yeah. God. It's bad, guys. Brighter if you topics. really need to, look it up, but it's it's bad. Let's move on to yeah. violence and gore. Oh, there's some of that. Bullet point number one. A girl practicing martial arts punches and kicks two men several times, <laughs> knocking them both clean out as a result. That's not where I would go, but okay. okay. I love that. Th this is what's great, though, because you're seeing these movies through the eyes of parents, <laughs> often parents that are extremely sheltering of their children and don't want them to see anything. <laughs> right. That's what it's for. Yeah. Giant cannon shoots large pieces of candy, which explode at targets. I don't remember that at all. I do remember I that. That's... that's during the great glass elevator sequence at the end when the, the it's just Charlie and, and Grandpa Joe and Willy Wonka. And there's like firework cannons blasting at targets. Boom, boom, boom. It's like colorful candy. Well, it's very violent. It's very violent. It's scary. It's explosions. <laughs> I, I was thinking as you were talking about that, yeah. what if Grandpa Joe had just died mid-film? He just has a heart attack. It's completely <laughs> natural. He He's, worked at a candy store at a very old age, so like he probably yeah. has a great, great blood sugar. No, um, he it can't be great in there, huh? And then uh, in the my middle, blood sugar, and then like uh, <laughs> Johnny Depp's like, "What do you need, you little fucking shit? I hate family, <laughs> Charlie. Let him die. I hate family, and you're with me now." He was such a dick through the whole movie. He's a dick to everyone, and not like a fun, like sarcastic, kind of witty bastard. He's just like kind of mean and kind of like passive aggressive <laughs> like it's, it's yeah passive aggressive and pissy that's yeah <laughs> but yeah do you remember those little moments of brilliance where like he'd have a little look in his eye and you'd see another layer and i have this moment of like johnny depp you could have done something probably good with this role if you really tried for it and didn't maybe, do a gimmick character you could have done something maybe it's a suicide squad thing where they shot like 45 hours of <laughs> Of deep, of deep character lore and shit, and they were only able to like edit in like forty five yeah. minutes of it. Yeah, but that's the thing though that those little moments. I'm sorry, I'm going off on a tangent again. Those little moments where you can see a glint in Johnny Depp's eye, and there's like actually a good performance where it seems like all the other gimmicky stuff is just a front for the real like kind of dark and cold, calculating man behind those that mm -hmm. like exterior. I love that, and that is so much more effective even in a movie that's bad and that those aren't even like great moments and i'm probably just reading into a camera angle because tim burton's a good director um 
more more than anything, it's it is actually useless, but it's so much more effective than like seeing him with you know his wizard from Lord of the Rings dad who's a dentist and mean to him like all that stuff just muddies the waters where like uh, just a glint and a good camera angle and you've got like oh I feel there's something more there anyway third bullet point on violence and gore oh god a large pack of squirrels surround a girl and attack her terrifying whilst whilst holding her limbs down they drag her toward a garbage chute she shouts out for her father and can barely move she also then scratches the floor as it is the only thing she can do the squirrels throw her down the chute and later do the same thing to her dad. <laughs> that sequence. <laughs> that sequence was so bad. Uh, it was so bad because it didn't look like they were actually pulling her. It was really bad CGI. And yeah. Uh, and and she didn't look like like she was she wasn't struggling at all. They do the thing where you see her nail scratch into the like ceramic floor but if she had struggled it would have been a, a, lot, a lot better can you imagine how much more scary it would have been if she was actually fighting these squirrels and like screaming and like trying to and like beating them away and, she's and they getting would be because like, but there's so many of them. yeah yeah and they just keep bouncing back <laughs> if you're gonna make a horror movie her. tim burton fucking go for it you did with That's the other saying. three kids this is what I'm saying. If this makes it into the public domain, you can make a really good horror film out of this. Yeah, for sure. Profanity. Oh, there's this some. Is a, this has a mild tag. Mild profanity. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's PG. One hell. <laughs> a child uses the word retard in one scene. You remember when I told you, mm. did that kid just say retard? <laughs> yeah. And, and I you went, yes. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oof. Some fat jokes are made, which doesn't really count as profanity, but some viewers may consider it offensive. In addition, one of Charlie's grandfathers is assumed to be cussing during one scene, and Charlie's father covers his ears to ensure that he doesn't hear. The audience doesn't hear it either because the audio is turned off on purpose while the grandfather is ranting. We can only see his lips move, so any negative language is just implied. I remember that. That was cute. There were some funny jokes. Do you remember how there were, like, a couple of jokes that made me genuinely laugh? Yes. Um, oh, and the music's really good. I want that on the table while this is still a conversation topic. The music in Charlie and Chocolate Factory is really good. I'd Which one that. did I say is the biggest bop? Because they're all kind of fucky, and they're all very Oingo Boingo, um, but one of them it was, is... It was the squirrel one. That the squirrel one, really yeah, good. squirrel one's a bop. Um, Veruca Salt. The, you know, that I like that one. Uh, yeah. I also do like the like, TV one. It's a little bit like parody song e but i do like it and the opening score for the like that opening cg titles um is really like the synthie it's really good uh last bullet point under mild profanity willy wonka calls one of his sweets a little bugger so if that offends you don't if you don't want your kids using the word bugger oh bugger oh bugger uh alcohol drugs and smoking we yeah. have one tag for this. Veruca Salt's mother is portrayed as being very, quote-unquote, out of it. It is implied that she is a heavy drinker, and when her daughter is throwing a tantrum in one scene, the mother rolls her eyes and drinks a glass of martini. However, the woman is not seen or mentioned at any other time in the movie. <laughs> is that true? I don't remember her I don't that. remember that at all. <laughs> I know that in the first one, when, <laughs> when we're at the salt factory, and they have a little tiff, and then Veruca runs out because... Uh, he finds the thing or whatever i can't remember all the details but the uh, mrs salt goes up to mr salt and goes uh happiness is all that matters with children happiness and harmony and then they both take like an alka seltzer hole (laughs) 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 it's very funny it's very british comedy (laughs) yeah it's very british what was the other thing that happened that was very british oh i know that there was one that i was like wow that's subtle and, and funny in a very british way I think it was something that Grandpa George said. Grandpa George was actually really funny. Yeah. Um. He he had a, he delivered he a lot of lines. He was a better but... actor than Grandpa Joe. Was. I would have swapped him. I don't mind Oof. Grandpa Joe being a little bit you know rough around the edges. Yeah, yeah. I like my Grandpa Joe like I like my Santa. I want to be a little rough. Do you remember the moment where Grandpa Joe gets the ticket and he just hops out of oh. bed and goes woohoo and dances around like a little elf? And, I hate and that. And they do and they guy. do a comedian thing. They do a comedian thing where they like cut the music entirely. So there's no music he's dancing to. He's just shuffling yeah. around in the fucking front room. You know, it wouldn't. I mean, they really could have. Actually, that shows restraint because they could have put a little instrumental do 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 while he danced, and they chose not to. They chose <laughs> they not chose to. I don't to know what's it- <laughs> uncomfortable and cringy yeah. 
Yeah, that's exactly what it... Yeah, it's like they were going for a cringe, and that's exactly what they got. Frightening and intense scenes. All right, settle in. We've got a moderate tag. We've got a full-on orange moderate flag for frightening and intense scenes in this film. 28 out of 79 found this a moderate. A moderate tag. Here we go. Bullet point number one. I love this. The whole premise of the film is very dark and frightening. (laughs) (laughs) Is it? The whole premise... factory that's the premise that's not inherently scary <laughs> the whole premise bullet point number two here's we get in the thick of it <laughs> is that all it says it yeah, doesn't elaborate it. on what one. specific part of the premise oh yeah. my god no it's not it's objectively <laughs> not okay sorry go on <laughs> Willy Wonka has a couple of flashbacks throughout the film the first and third one can be pretty frightening for younger children in the first flashback we still we see Willy Wonka when he was a kid and he was wearing a scary dental mask. And when Wonka's father throws Halloween candy in the fireplace, the fire turns a different color. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? Okay. In the third one, Willy Wonka comes home on a stormy night to discover that his house has disappeared. That's the other thing that we talked yeah, about. Oh, that, that was the joke. It was funny. That was the other. That was the because the British joke I was talking with the Alka-Seltzers in the first one. But in this one, there are a couple of like moments of brilliance that are at that level. And one of those is in the flashback. <laughs> oh, it's the flags, too. Okay. There's two moments with Little Willie. One oh, of them yes. is he shows up where his house was and he lived in like a council estate. So it was like a whole bunch of apartments. And though like one part of that connected building that he lived in has just been like av- like completely caved out. Well, his, his dad his, left. His dad, Christopher Lee, says, you know, when you come back, I'll be gone or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And when he comes back, the whole like literally just <laughs> carved out like you took a like a segment of chocolate off of a chocolate bar to get, do a good metaphor. It just like completely cut out, and <laughs> Willie just looks at it. <laughs> it's just, and then when eventually they go back and find Christopher Lee, it's that like segment of building with all like the bricks on either side where it was clearly ripped out. Like, how did he do that? And then the <laughs> copper piping and shit that like connected the buildings are just hanging out at the sides. There's no extra explanation for how christopher lee just fucking <laughs> scooped out one segment of this fucking building block and popped it. just like yeah the pipes sticking out and stuff and then the other moment of brilliance is when willie leaves and he's like i'm gonna go travel the world and he's like walking and it's this montage of a bunch of flags that he's walking through and then he comes out the other end and there's just a fucking he's coming out of a hallway with a bunch of flags in it and it just says hall of flags <laughs> And he gets told to go away by the security. <laughs> yeah, you gotta leave. <laughs> We're closing. It's very funny. It was a very funny visual gag. Continue. All right. So those two of the three flashbacks can be really frightening for really young viewers. Oh, yeah. Third bullet point. Generally speaking, the movie is unusual. <laughs> mm-hmm. And a lot of odd things happen that wouldn't necessarily occur in real life. <laughs> It also has a generally dark, eerie look to it. Some children might be uncomfortable while watching it, even though it is only a fantasy. Hmm. Actually, that's a well-judged statement, I think. That is a better way to say what the first one was. The whole premise of the film is very dark and frightening. Because it's more aesthetically dark and frightening. Fourth thing, various old-fashioned mechanical toy figures of children seen as part of an introductory bit to the factory suddenly catch on fire. Some are engulfed in flames, and one of them even has its eyes fall out, which might be unsettling for younger kids. It was unsettling for 28-year-old me watching it in the real tense right now. I was like, oh, God. Remember we were both saying... Oh God! Yeah, it went a oh, lot farther Jesus. than I remembered or assumed that it would have. Yeah, it was, it was, it was rough. From a distance, we later see the puppets, the puppet hospital, and burn center. All of this is mainly for laughs, but it is creepy looking and could be categorized as dark humor. Do you think that the producers made them put in the hospital later so that it was less like to bring the ratings down? Because that was a really, really like. It's a dud of a joke. It doesn't work. It just it kind is. Of gr- it grinds everything to a halt for a second. So, yeah, I assume, because it doesn't make any sense that they'd have a new hospital wing for the fucking animatronics. So, yeah, I think they put that in there because they knew they were scarring children. It was producer note. <laughs> um, okay, this next bullet point is really going to break the movie down. <laughs> so here we go. <laughs> okay. Frightening things happen to four of the five children. <laughs> Okay. Because they because they behave poorly and fail to do what is asked of them. <laughs> well, that's a weird way of putting it, but okay. 
One of the kids falls into a chocolate river and is sucked up by a pipe that is too small for him. Another child turns into a blueberry and blows up several times her size. The third child is attacked and dragged away by squirrels who throw her down a garbage chute. And the fourth child is shrunk down to the size of an ant. This can be scary for children, along with the scenes where those children are leaving the factory and do not look like themselves. Especially when Mike TV comes out the factory very long, flat, and three times the height of his already tall dad. <laughs> He's got a very tall... This is a tall dad. <laughs> yeah, I think that is your only point of reference is his already pretty tall dad. <laughs> <laughs> love me a good tall dad. I love a good tall... I... That fucking Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> motherfucker was so he good. He does. When he, yeah, when he gets revealed, I was like, oh God, this man is like... If he's dressing... You, they say you should dress for the position you want. This man wants to be a child molester yeah, from the 70s. Because he's, really yeah, cause he's got giant, giant Jeffrey Dahmer glasses and a horrible comb over. I you will know, say this, though. Every face he makes in the film is the biggest fucking mood on the planet. Because he would be yeah. me in this factory. Yeah. He gets a couple good lines, too. Uh, yeah. And I, th- I thought it was interesting that like each kid feels like they're from a different decade uh, in, in the Johnny Depp one. Um, and he's, they're very 70s. I liked Mike TV. I thought he was funny. Uh. Uh, next bullet point. As journalists were interviewing Violet, her mom is staring at her daughter with her eyes wide in a scary manner. Did that scare you? Was that a scary part for you? What, what can you say that again? I had a yeah I had a break there. Sure. As journalists were interviewing Violet, I'm assuming this is at the beginning. Yeah. Her mom is staring at her daughter with eyes wide in a scary manner. <laughs> mm, no, I don't remember that. It wasn't <laughs> scary for me. Um, this person is making an entire bullet point on the IMDb parents guide about how scary the mom looks. The mom looks, yeah, <laughs> kind of mean to that actress actually, because I don't think that was supposed to be scary. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was gonna say you could use this as like a pseudo run p. Do you know the app Run P? Yes. Uh, I feel like that you you can't though because they're not in chronological order. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And they're entirely like user edited, so like it's like Wikipedia but with less mods. Okay. Like you can get in here and just type away it's like whatever the you IMDb wanted to say. Trivia section, gotcha. Yes, correct. Okay. And then final bullet point in general, Willy Wonka tends to be very creepy and strange in both appearance and personality. Depending on the individual child, some younger audiences might be afraid of him. The Oompa Loompas can be frightening, too. I didn't find the Oompa Loompas frightening at all. Are they supposed to be scary? No, they were kind of cute. They're never I, scary to me. I, I feel like, uh, what's his name there? Deep? Uh, Deep Roy is his Deep name. Deep Roy, yeah. Uh, he was our deep boy. He's our um, deep boy. <laughs> yeah, I thought he did a good job. I, I prefer, I don't know, I feel like the Oompa Loompas are a touchy subject anyway. Um, yep. And I don't think it was a great realization uh, in the movie, but I feel like Deep Roy was having fun, and that's what matters. Interesting of note, the uh, Willy Wonka, the original Willy Wonka, is uh, is rated G, and the remake is rated PG. Well, yeah, everything uh, got edgier. Yeah, because well, I don't think PG had been invented yet, right? In uh, the seventies. Oh, oh yeah, I don't think it had because that was a Raiders, right? Yeah. Yeah. In case you were wondering, the parents' guide for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the 71 classic, there is no sex and nudity. None. None at all. Violence and gore is just talking about the chicken getting its head cut off during the boat scene. That does happen. I can't believe you didn't talk about the millipede going over the guy's face during that sequence. That that fucking scared the shit out of me as a kid. Yeah. (laughs) Is that the part that bothered you? Do you know what I'm talking about when the millipede falls on the guy's lip like a mustache? I hate that part. I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, there are mild references to alcohol, drugs, and smoking. Candy is dandy, liquor, liquor is quicker. <laughs> I still and say that. Grandpa Joe's tobacco, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Talks about using tobacco. A little kindness now and then. Can educate the wisest <laughs> You know that part where he's... <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the lyrics. But Profanity. There is one points. hell in the original. Uh, that's interesting that there's a Grandpa Joe it. says a lot of it's Grandpa Joe just saying a bunch of really fucking awful shit <laughs> Grandpa <laughs> Joe says that Veruca Salt needs a kick in the pants Grandpa Joe calls Violet a nitwit <laughs> yeah, this is a very angry Charlie's man nitwit. yeah but that's why I love him he's a little gruff he hates the kids too <laughs> some name calling e.g. fish face terrible man and rotten mean father <laughs> 
fish face is so good. Under profanity, a girl who is obviously very spoiled yells at her father on several occasions. It, what I don't remember her having a string of profanity. She yells at her father, though. I don't remember her calling her calling her father. A, a, you're like, a mean, terrible father, and you, you know that. You're sequence? a dickhead. Yeah. You're a dickhead, Dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. You know they I, use the word twit. I think it's interesting that we've talked about this movie for 40 more minutes and made this kind of a more opinions two-parter. <laughs> yeah, well, it's very important, right? The it's Willy like a Wonka before and film after. franchise, yeah. God, frightening and intense scenes, though, is still incredibly long, and it really leads the leading the pack by a long shot is the boat scene, obviously. Yeah, lots of That's lots everything of that. that everybody was afraid of. I wasn't ever scared of the boat scene. That didn't bother me because scary things never actually, like actually scary things in movies never bothered me. It was always weird stuff. Hmm. But everybody was afraid of those boat scenes. I feel like you were scared of stuff that was supposed to be scary. You're not supposed to be like happy and joyful when Violet Beauregard gets inflated yeah. terribly. No, of course not. We haven't not. talked about that sequence in the Charlie one, though. Did you want to go through that? <laughs> it goes so much farther than I thought it did. Oh, like my yeah. memory blocked out the 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 worst part of it, where you see like a big butt. It's rough. Yep. It is a it's rough not sequence. Good. It's really bad. Some they handed that to an animator that had a stake in something. I don't yeah. know what. I don't know what, but uh, it's bad. Yeah, in the original, it's very. Uh, it's like I don't want to say this and have it come out the wrong way, but like it's it's cutesy. Like it's not supposed to be like scary. It's what like the oh. effect is there's a layer of dis dissonance because you know that she's just in a big blow-up suit like a Halloween yeah. costume. You can see her right. little hands poking out, you know? Yeah, like but when she... you see it, when you do it on, on live, like on a play, yeah. they have, you know, some kind of, yeah, I think mechanism. The, the scariest thing about both sequences is that the Oompa Loompas are the ones, like, moving her around. Do you know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah, like, that is pretty rolling scary. her. And the problem in the second one is, like, they're, like, because it's all CG, they're, like, dancing on top of her and stuff, whereas... In the original, they're just kind of like <laughs> rolling her, which it's actually a human girl that they're rolling, which is kind of yeah. odd. But but it, it's so they're they're both different. I feel like they're both scary, but they're not like the first ones. You're right; it's not traumatizingly scary in the same way. Um, it's so prolonged in the second film. Oh my god, it does, and it's so year. nasty. Oof. Yeah. Uh, they do say that if released today, the 71 movie would definitely lose its G rating and get a PG rating due to the boat scene. <laughs> yeah. And and, uh, and I think just general, like, adult uh, themes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, second bullet point, if you really think about it, the movie overall is pretty dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you really, if you really, like, turn your brain on and, 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 and you know, fridge logic it, it's kind of scary that he murdered those four kids. Yeah. The infamous boat scene starts at an hour, four minutes, and ten seconds, and ends about an hour, five minutes, and thirty seconds. May scare small children. Does the boat scene come that late in the film? Yeah, the second hour of that movie is entirely factory, and and like it's it's complete. I mean, it's literally to the minute bisected, half in the factory and half not. When they're when the hats grab their coats and hats, when the hands grab their coats and hats, and they sign that big document, we are exactly halfway through the film and i think that's so interesting that is interesting oh it could only be intentional because the director of that movie used to direct like documentaries (laughs) and like fact actual documentaries about factories like how it's made but in the 70s and the 60s so like it's kind of interesting to have him direct this movie about a fantasy factory and it, it i don't know i think there's there's a cool lens to look at it there um can I uh can I give some love to Tim Burton adapting a different Roald Dahl thing? I won't talk about this forever. Yeah. But he produced in the same probably in the same position that he produced Nightmare Before Christmas but didn't actually direct it. He produced uh James and the Giant Peach, a film adaptation yes, of did. that. That's a really good movie. It's cute, it's wholesome. Uh the songs are really good. It's a Randy Newman like soundtrack and score. It's really good. Uh, the performances are are really fun. All the all the bugs are really well performed, and James is a really good little child actor. And the live action bits blend really well with the CG bits because like there's some parts of both in both, so you get like 
Uh, it's a very cohesive feeling film while also having mixed visual styles, and, and that's pretty impressive. It's never boring. It's a real quick watch. And I highly recommend it. It's on Disney+. Plus. And if you want to see Tim Burton-esque visuals merging with Roald Dahl, that's the place to go. Do not watch The Charlie and Chocolate Factory. It's bad. Yeah. I, uh... I was very traumatized by Willy Wonka when I was a kid, but I was a big fan of James and the Giant Peach. I uh, because it's you know I mean it's animated. Yeah. I'm all about that, but it's very whimsical. And like you said, I I know people dump on Randy Newman a lot, but I think the music in it is really good. I, Randy Newman gets dumped on because he's kind of a goof, <laughs> you know, he's kind of a, a goofball. But he is he writes good ass music. And they've got good performers to sing his lyrics. And yeah, there's a song called Family that's been in my Spotify rotation lately because it's just it's a really good song. Um, I also they clearly had a budget because the animation is really like clean and pretty and it's all stop motion like claymation, but it's gorgeously realized. And there's lots of fun little like visual touches with it. And like. It's it's as good, if not better, animated than Nightmare Before Christmas. Like it's clearly, I think, aping off of that one's flavor a little bit. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so now we're gonna play a new game. This okay. one is called "Try and Guess the Plot Keywords Around James and the Giant Peach." Now these are keywords that you can find this movie by searching it in the IMDb search function, which I assume I have to assume by this fun list has to be pretty comprehensive and cohesive for it to be able to f- delineate what movie you're trying to look for if you like say you couldn't remember the name of james and the giant peach even though it literally describes the main character and the big thing that he rides on for most of the movie so <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't remember the name of this film yeah if you were going to search for this film based on plot keywords what keywords would you use to try and find it um <laughs> oh god that's a good question yeah uh, bugs bugs is good good yeah uh, i sure. would i would probably say like the specific names of the bugs like like worm centipede you know, glowworm uh grasshopper grasshopper ladybug spider um i would also probably say fruit <laughs> big fruit <laughs> big fruit. Uh, maybe new york there's a lot of focus on new york maybe there rhino. is a very new york movie yeah rhino, rhino big scary rhino. rhino sure it's such a british film too by the way Yes, um, it is. By the way, I'm reading right now because I was just talking about Nightmare Before Christmas and it, like aping its flavor. Nightmare Before Christmas is 93. James and Giant Peach is 96. Um, and it does say right here on the uh, on the uh, Wikipedia page for Nightmare Before Christmas because I wanted to check while I was thinking about it. The stop motion figurine of Jack was reused in James and the Giant Peach yep. for a big like Captain Jack uh, monster skeleton. It's very cute. Oh, um, yeah. God, am I on the money at all? Here are the top five plot keywords. Are you ready? Yeah. Boy. Okay. Yeah, all right. Real real person becomes animated. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Okay. (laughs) Child labor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Child slavery. Yeah, okay. I guess live action, live action and animation. Those are the top five. I don't know why those I, are the focus. no mention of bugs, no mention of a big fruit, none of that stuff. <laughs> I, that's so odd because that's only like the first, I don't know, ten or fifteen minutes. It is rough, but it's supposed to be. So, do you remember what I mean? Does he he eats a big piece of this magical fruit? Right? Is that what happens? Okay, so. It's actually fascinating. I haven't read the book. At least I don't remember ever <laughs> having read the book. So I don't know if this happens in the book, okay? But okay. here's what happens. His horrible aunts who adopted him, who, by the way, I just want to say this. It's a bit of like a... They're very queer-coded, and they're also like... Because like they're his aunts, so it's kind of implied that they're... You know what I mean? They're, um, they're and, lesbians. And they're they're like very much that like evil queer kind of uh, yeah, sure. thing it's it, there's some there's some homophobic they never saw stuff. that rhino coming yeah yeah yeah, 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 um, yeah. but but they're fun characters you know you got to kind of take stuff at its time sure. and they are horribly abusive to james who's you know actual parents died and he only has like beautifully fantasized memories of them um 
And one day when things have gotten real, real bad, he goes out and he's just wandering. And then a man shows up, a creepy, looks like a homeless person, but is clearly incredibly like intelligent. And so there's kind of like, it's clearly not, he's not who he is. You know what I mean? He's, he's some sort of outside force. Yeah. And he shows up and he says creepy, like poetic things to Charlie. He speaks in rhymes and he gives Charlie a paper bag made of Charlie's like fun toy that he made and lost. And inside the bag are these little green squiggles that look like pasta, but they're green and glowing. Yes. And he says, crocodile tongues and a bunch of other creepy shit. And he says, the magic will work on whatever they get to first. And this creepy guy's just there and like gives it to him and then does a magic thing, gives him these crocodile tongues and disappears. And then Charlie, Charlie, Jesus Christ, James, first thing he does is drop the bag of bullshit magic (laughs) pasta and it all jumps all around the dirt. And that's why it makes the peach and the bugs in the peach or around the peach big and magic and cool. And then when he crawls inside the peach, he also gets transformed because he had a little buggy in him that he coughs out when he turns live action again. So there is kind of a logic to this weird magic pasta, but it's very much like it feels like the writer of the movie <laughs> shows up to like push the story along like <laughs> yeah that's crazy because at the end he the guy shows up again and is like clearly the one telling the story and he like show, he just shows up so it's very much like the writer of this story has showed up to give james the inciting incident like it's really kind of weird and meta and i actually really liked it interesting highly recommend it if given to revisit if you watched it as a kid or even if you didn't it's a good it's a good flick fun fun trivia too uh the guy that plays the earthworm uh-huh he's is, david duellis yeah is professor lupin yeah he's also uh vm varga in season three of fargo he's amazing in that yeah i love him. it is i remember it being a very british movie mm. intensely the guy that yeah. plays the grasshopper is he plays Charles Dickens in an episode of Doctor Who? <laughs> <laughs> um, you got Susan Sarandon, and you got um, oh god, who plays the ladybug? That's someone too. Um, you could. I'm gonna take this point to say you could be a ladybug. <laughs> you uh, could be ladybugs. a ladybug. Ladybugs are scary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's really sweet. It's just a sweet, full throated, pure hearted movie. Um. While we're on that subject, I was uh, with a friend. Oh, God, I meant to tell you this story as my opener. Oh, okay. Uh, I was with a friend the other day, and uh, we were in the middle of running some errands, and his mom reached out to him and said, Hey, uh, when you come back home tonight, uh, stop at Family Video first and grab a movie and rent a movie for us to watch for our movie night. What? I, I didn't... Yeah. So... A place near Rochester on the outskirts of Rochester called Chai Lai has is one of, I have to imagine, one of the only places With in the operating... continental United States that has an operating video rental place that a you can go to. video? Really? It's called a family video. Yeah, it's basically a that's, blockbuster for those of you who don't know. Yeah, that's a chain. I've heard of family video. Um, yeah. I can't. Well, I set wow. foot in one. Oh my God. I can't believe that. I almost I had a it was a spiritual experience because I haven't been in a in a place like that in probably over a decade at least. Uh, And it was I was overwhelmed with a lot of very intense feelings of like there was a time when we were very young. I don't even know if this was this might be before you mom would know, but we used to have a video rental place that also rented video games in Norwich that I would go to a lot. And that's where I got a taste to a lot of video games. That's the first time I ever rented war of the monsters. <laughs> uh, Cause I wanted to try it out. Cause I read about it in a game mag, which was a thing we used to have when we were kids. <laughs> and uh, it, I walking into it was like taking a step back in time. I mean, it was really, really overwhelming for me. I had yeah. these feelings of nostalgia. I'd never, I was like, oh, my God. We literally walked in and I went, oh, my God. Like the the rows and rows of like, you know, DVDs all organized by genre and alphabetical yeah. order. And it was just yeah. fascinating <laughs> to walk I, back. I uh, I remember us renting movies when I was very, very young. Um, like, I don't properly remember it, but I know that we used to go to video rental stores a, a good amount. Um, 
and and yeah i'd love to go in one i know that when we moved you to rochester i think um like uh, initially or maybe when we moved when you moved into your apartment um there was a like dying best buy in your general or not best buy jesus christ blockbuster in your general area i don't know if you remember this at all and dad and i went in and like they were going out of business so they were selling all their old shit and i bought like a really old ibm monitor that didn't work and i bought like i think we bought some old ass dvds um and I, I remember walking through there and having a similar like, wow, I haven't been in a place like this in <laughs> years it, it and was, years. It was incredible. I I it was really great. Uh while we were walking through it, uh my friend's with me and he's like, We gotta find a movie that'll be for a family that my parents won't get mad at because his parents are very, very scary, you know, they watch a lot of pure flicks and they're very, you know, they, know. Yeah. so uh you know, we got to find something that's appropriate as we were walking up and down the aisles and looking, and I was trying to help him find a movie that would work. He was leaning towards a couple of them. He ultimately ended up going with detective Pikachu, um, which is a good one. I think that's such a good, like video rental store thing to, yeah, it's such a good movie for that. Uh, it was a buck for 24 hours, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, I, uh, business that's i don't know amazing. i don't know it is amazing with streaming service that's what we were talking about we were literally talking out <laughs> loud in the store how is this place still open you can get netflix for eight bucks a month it's literally How's this place still open <laughs> and you also get like all of doctor who and fresh prince of bel-air <laughs> for $15 right exactly. a month. yeah so uh we were walking up and down one of the movies that we passed by i wanted to bring this up because james and the giant peach kind of reminded me of it and imdb suggested it as a movie you might also like uh, how do you feel or what do you remember about Monster House? Oh, wow. Good question. Um, I know that I've seen it since being a child. I know that as a kid, I think I liked it. I liked the concept of like a living house. Um, and I guess I still do. And I know that when I watched it, I found the animation tough cause it's tough. Sure. Um, uh-huh. It's, I'm glad we've stopped doing that as a society or like, I'm glad that when we do that, it looks good in a Marvel movie and we don't make whole movies with that tech cause holy shit. Right. But, um, uh, yeah, I think that the concept is really fun. I think there's a lot of really good, like action horror kind of set piece stuff in it. Uh, that's baby's first horror film. Baby's first horror film. There's the kids yeah. kind of suck. <laughs> <laughs> the kids kind of suck, but especially that fucking fat kid with his gross ass, like hard rock hard blonde hair. Ugh, yeah, I hate uh-huh. that kid. But he's so he's so like such a you know Carl from uh oh god Jimmy Neutron. Yes, yeah, yeah, Carl uh-huh. from Jimmy Neutron vibe. I don't, I don't like no, that. I fun. got you. <laughs> but thank you. Uh, but yeah, that's I I remember enjoying it. I think it's I think it's an okay film. How about you? Uh. Yeah, I remember liking it a lot. It was the first of Robert Zemeckis's like whole thing where he wanted it to be. Yeah, you know how he was trying to get that off the ground. These animated movies that were all done in mocap. Yeah, and now they just look really unsettling. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because like some of the movies have good scripts and good performances and stuff, but that animation's tough, man. It's tough. Yeah, it is. It was never really the animation, I think, that made this movie successful. It was the writing. And speaking of that, do you know who one of the writers for Monster House was? No, who? Dan Harmon. <laughs> oh, really? Well, that explains Yeah, that. of okay. Rick and Morty fame. <laughs> that explains a very Rick and Morty concept. It, it is. It is. Yeah. It's a very that kind of concept. And a lot of the humor is very, um, you know, it's yeah. obviously geared towards children. But <laughs> oh, I kind of love that. That's really yeah. fun. Dan Harmon is a main screenwriter credit on Monster House. <laughs> Uh, we, one of them, that was a movie that we walked by and I said to the friend I was with, that's a really good, like kids movie, like spooky. I go, if you haven't, if you guys haven't seen it, it's a good watch for like around Halloween. It's just like a good, you know, Hmm. inoffensive, fun watch. Yeah. Uh, and then we walked by Mars Needs Moms and he told me that movie I liked a lot and I don't get why no one liked it. And I said, well, it was a formulaic plot and it was kind of meh. So, so, and by then that was, I go, I'm actually glad it didn't do well because that was what made Robert Zemeckis finally realize, okay, nobody wants to see this animation. Yeah. Nobody wants this. <laughs> didn't he keep doing it though? <laughs> like, Mars he... Needs Moms was the last one he did. Cause I thought that he did the Christmas Carol one after Mars Needs Moms. Oh, maybe. Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah, with Jim Carrey. Yeah, which is check. also, that's a good movie, but the animation's terrible. Uh, let me check. 
I know that's 2009. Oh my god, I just typed in Christmas Carol like that was going like to help that's me gonna find get anything. You the one, yeah. Um, obviously, I think we've talked about Polar Express on this show before. That's a bad one. That's a real bad one that he did a bad job with. It's bad all around that movie. <laughs> I saw that film babysitting someone. It was nowhere near Christmas. In fact, it was probably sometime in the summer. Yeah. We put one of the kidlins to bed, and the other kidlin that was older was like, this is the time I get to pick a movie to watch. And I was like, what do you want to watch? What are we going to enjoy today? And most of the time it was Barbie movies, and that's usually how I saw most of the Barbie movies I saw. Uh-huh. But she today, t- on that day particularly, she was feeling the Christmas spirit, I think, and she said, I think we're going to watch Polar Express. And I went, oh, I've never seen that film. I'm really interested to see it. And I meant that, you know. I, I loved the books growing up and for the next hour and 15 no hour and 45 minutes i was basically just thinking to myself god i can't wait to get this in front of october i can't yeah. wait to get this off and it <laughs> wasn't long before you did <laughs> i basically sat. came home that night and i was yeah. like we need to watch a bad christmas movie and you were like it's august <laughs> and I'm like, yeah i don't care we need yeah. to sit down and watch tom hanks make an absolute I, fucking fool <laughs> remember that so well sitting in you were on my bed we were in my teenage bedroom you were sitting on my bed i was in my chair it was on my computer and we just sat Mm. there and watched it and riffed and i enjoyed your disbelief as to what was happening on gaping jaw the whole time because i could not believe how bad and confused it was it's so funny we should watch that when you're here we should watch an out of season christmas movie again i'd love to rewatch polar yeah let's do it let's do it Oh, God, the music. I've been listening oh, to Christmas Jesus. music, and it's June, so I'm way past bad. Oh, God. It's all bad. It's, it's so all bad. bad. What was the, what's, the, what's the date on the Polar Express? Do you know off the top of your head? The Roller Coaster. The Polar Express. Oh, God in heaven. Ha, ha, 2004. Ha, ha, 2004. Ha, ooh, we got it. Ha, ha. This Ow. film came out before Ow, Charlie fuck. and the Chocolate Factory did. Oh, sorry. One sec. Okay. Sorry, I hurt my piercing. Was that too hot? What's that? Oh, with hot chocolate? Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no, sorry. I, I was f- fucking stimming with my piercing and it hurt me. Okay. Tom Hanks has a credit for Hero Boy, Father, Conductor, Hobo, Scrooge, Santa Claus. <laughs> Hero Boy? He's everybody in this fucking... Yeah, Hero Boy. Hero Boy? That's what his name is. They don't ever get names. I don't remember him being Hero Boy. Yeah, his name's here. Yeah, his name's Hero Boy. Okay. And then there's Hero Girl. Okay. Know it all, aka the you know he's the Nelson one that is in every cartoon that voices the same character wait, in every cartoon. Wait, 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 wait. Tom Hanks what? is the main character of the film. Tom Hanks is Hero Boy. Tom Hanks is literally all of the characters in the film. I thought that yes. Hero Boy was an actual boy. Uh, no. No, Hero Boy is no, Tom Hanks. No, but it Hanks. says that Josh Hutcherson is Hero Boy also. Well, he might be, but Tom Hanks is the older Hero Boy, and he's the one that says all the okay, no, great the, stuff. No, Daryl Sabara, the kid from uh, World's Greatest Dad and Junie from Spy Kids. Yeah. That's who does the voice of Hero Boy. Junie from no, Spy Kids does the yeah, voice. Yeah, but, but Tom Hanks is Hero Boy when he gets old. And he's talking about, oh, I still had that bell. And even though oh my sister can't hear it anymore Christ. because she's a non-believing right. fucking anti-Christian, oh my I still Christ. believe it when I jingle my bell good. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? He I plays every now. fucking character, every yeah. adult male character in the fucking film. Tom Hanks does. He's a one-man show. It's a goddamn, to, to, not to overuse a metaphor, it's a train wreck. Speaking of train wrecks, on the next episode of More Opinions, I'm going to talk about Starlight Express. Stick around for that. Oh, yeah, I forgot we were going to do that. Yeah, stick around for that, because that's going to be basically a whole episode of me just dunking on one musical that Andrew Lloyd Webber did. That is... Go go do some research on Starlight Express and, and see what you can find, and then maybe a, we'll... Um... It's a cocaine-fueled nightmare. It's an 80s cocaine-fueled nightmare of well, epic proportions. I'm I'm genuinely asking, was that an episode of More Opinions? Just that? Uh, yeah, I think that's an episode, for okay. sure. Wow, okay, neat. Um... <laughs> I gotta drive my partner to the Planned Parenthood, so that's definitely an episode. <laughs> so that's okay. So let's uh, let's roll through these end notes. Thanks for listening. All right, thank uh, you. We love you very much. We missed last week. Uh, we weren't gonna, but we did, and I'm sorry about that. But it's been tough. Um, we have a Twitter at More Opinions. We have an email, moreopinions at gmail dot com. 
Uh, there's also at October more on Twitter and bite and you can search October more or the nebula system on YouTube and, and find content about Dr. Who that you won't like. Uh, my name is Sid the cannibal. Um, yes, it's on my birth certificate. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter if you really want to. I don't have it really anymore, but you can still follow me there, I guess. But most of the time, if you want to get in touch with me, you can hit me up on Instagram, or if you really don't value your free time, you can hit me up on TikTok. Both of those are at the underscore coma with a K underscore kid. Um, very itchy. Uh, we set up a, uh, a system card uh with an alter list because if you don't follow us on twitter we recently we, we're plural um and so there's a system card if you want to see an alter list if that's something you care about it's the dash nebula dash system dot c-a-r-r-d dot c-o uh no pressure i know that's not something everyone likes talking or thinking about but that's i wanted to put that out there uh tell your friends about the show it's a good show, I think. I actually really thought this was a fun episode. I didn't expect to have fun talking about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for another hour, but here we I are. I always have fun talking about movies with I you. I always have fun talking about movies with you, too, but it's the same movie we talked about last time, and yet I feel like we got a whole other hour of content Okay, out of it. but it's a, it's a two-parter, and I feel like we can justify it because this these films were a big part of our, our lives yeah. and of our, or my trauma. Yeah, for sure. It was impromptu. <laughs> That's what I like. I like that it was impromptu, that we just kind of did it for two episodes. Yeah. I feel like we haven't made this official or anything, but I think it'd be good if going forward we just kind of um do whatever with this show because <laughs> I feel like yeah, some of the- Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, some of the formulas are a little stale, so I kind of like just, just fucking around and chatting with you. Um, Our theme song is Brave by Jonathan Colton from the album Solid State, and I think it's pretty good. And Jonathan Colton also has a Christmas album. <laughs> you want to get <laughs> that you've been listening to a I've lot. I've been listening to lately. If you're in in the mood to get into yeah. the Christmas spirit oh. in almost July, yeah. Um, that, is that it? Is that everything? That's it. I think. That's uh, it. well, this is October Moore. This is Sid the Cannibal. This has been more opinions. Finally, a popper without chocolate. Learn hardcore and call me. You'll get there. You'll find the joke. Come on. on. It's chocolate time. I don't know. I That's don't know. fine. That <laughs> I works. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I heard someone in the room with you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> the prestige. The prestige. Someone's been there the whole time. Okay. <laughs>